I thought about you this uh, Friday, my friend. I don't need to know about your sexual fantasy. Well, it wasn't sexual, although it got there. I went to one of those uh, crab boils, so yeah, it was kind of. There was a lot of hot butter and garlic. Oh, my God, I could just smear myself. They did the storming crab thing. It was pretty good. I, I thought you'd been there. Now, is that the one on? Nicholasville. No, I went to the one on Manowar. Oh, I've not been to the one there. The one that's five minutes from my house. Oh, no, yeah. I've not been to that we one. We were going to go to the one on Nicholasville, but somebody told us the other one was just as good and a little bit cheaper. It's pricey. So we went to the cheaper one, and it was good. But we went and got, you know, for VD. Mm. Most people take penicillin. I I was riddled with VD after I left (laughs) there. So anyway, I I don't know why we gave them a – I should have had this conversation before we started recording. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. I'm going to mention this, and I want to keep on mentioning this. I had some drinks with the owner of Comic-Con the other night, and we're going to be doing a live show from (gasps) Comic-Con. Friday night. Friday night. Of Comic-Con. Right. That'll be December, I mean, March 20th. <laughs> and here's another exclusive, because they've never done the show twice before. The Greers are going to be back on the show. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they've done it twice already. I said they've never oh, done oh, it twice right. before. Okay. They're Get coming. The sarcasm. They're coming to the basement. They're coming to the basement. Okay. See, well, actually, they invited us to come. If we wanted to come back and do the show live from there, we could do it again. Okay. And well, I we'll said I didn't know if we could do it. We'll figure out those de- those details. Yeah. And by the way, we have no idea what we're doing for Comic-Con. No. I posted something the other day, you boneheads, about what would you like to do through Facebook? And then, I don't know, James, did you share that on our Twitter? So yeah. more people follow us on Facebook than any other thing. Why won't they answer? It was like, like, like. <laughs> A couple people shared it. They didn't answer the fucking question. They just shared the post. I appreciate you people who share. But all I wanted you to do was answer the fucking question. Need some carbs there, buddy? I do. Need some carbs. But seriously, right? I Yeah. What, what, I, what would you world, like to see? That's the world of social media. Well, we're working on actually maybe getting some guests. I haven't quite... But, to but you know, out. speaking of which, because we have asked people um, their thoughts on certain shows, this show's topic is actually a result of a poll that our friend James Thomas... Smoked! Asked. Did you see that? Did, did you see the air quotes I did off camera? I didn't want him to see him. Uh, well, I thought you were actually having a nervous tick <laughs> or a stroke. Either damn, way, you're good to go. Damn Lyme disease. Lyme. Um, anyway, so uh, this was a poll. You put that, those in the coconut. Yes. So this poll went out and James uh, smoked put out, it. James put out four topics. Those and, four topics were. Um, yes, James. Were uh, fictional dogs. <laughs> um. Uh, what were the fictional dogs? Uh, scary children and horror. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, food and films. Yeah, we're gonna tackle that someday. And the one that actually got selected that we'll do today. And what are we doing? Fiction robots. Yeah. And here's the funny part: like food and films, and James, you're uh, really low, bud. You're really low. Move that over a little bit. Food and films. That better? A little. I literally like it's actually it's coming off my head now. There. I've got it amped up as much as it goes on my end. Okay, that's a little bit better. Yeah. Um, the uh, anyway, food and film, and scary horror children tied. Uh huh. Nobody cares about dogs. You can play all the Sarah McLaughlin you want. Now, Seriously. in all fairness, out of those four topics, when I saw dogs, I was like, "Hey, 
and all of the other ones, I'm like, hey, and dogs, I'm like, uh, I don't want to spend I a whole hour you, talking about Ren 10 and Benji. No, we're not. I no, we're going to do Bingo about, and Beethoven. Or I figured you'd do Family Dog and a bunch of that stuff. We done did the done today and day Family Dog. I talked about dog. Family Dog. We done did done did that. But, um, no. Um, what are we talking about today? But at the same time, when we saw this poll, both me and Joe was like, oh, please let it be this. Robots. <laughs> please let it be robots. Well, let's, just be, let's just be clear here. I would have done whichever one they won. Right. And the next episode would have been about robots. robots yeah. I can't believe James hadn't brought that up to us before. I can't believe none of us had thought, why don't we talk about, about robots? robots? Because this is one thing I'm we more... Did, I'm the, more and, and, and actually, I think that's one of our things that we tend to veer toward horror a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, don't we, mean we to. do it. We do other top, but I mean, if you if you cataloged all the episodes that we've done, yeah, it tends to veer a little bit more toward horror, and that's actually one of the reasons I thought of this topic was uh, I like science fiction. And, yeah, and so uh, and we all robots. three love science fiction, and uh, the I big do. thing and the big thing about this list is normally I can look make my list and I can pick three fairly easily. Oh. But God, this was a struggle. Not only was it a struggle for me to, because I love all the robots on my list, but then I was like, all three of us, in terms of robots, kind of have this hive mind. We talk about them. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh God, James is going to talk about this one. Joe's going to talk about this one. But then sometimes we, I was just afraid of, of what to do with this list. So we're going to, I'm going to, uh, this will be an interesting show. <laughs> there you go. I had a point, and then my brain melted out my ear. Me, melty, brainy, brain melty. Yeah, I couldn't but, have a time. We, I had 15 or 14 robots. Yeah, and oh, we, I've had a lot, and I actually didn't do too many from films. Uh, most of mine are all from films. Yeah, most of all mine are from films. And then um, the other thing was, too, we, we had this conversation. Okay, we, we're doing robots, so we're not doing cyborgs. I know. We're not doing mech suits. Mm-hmm. We're so Mecha androids. Godzilla, androids. So Mecha Godzilla was right out for me. So what's the difference between an android and a robot? Androids look exactly like human beings. So Roy Batty, technically, yeah, is would it, be an android. Is an android, yeah. So Data it, from Star Trek is an android. Right. So they look exactly like robots. And then what was the other one we're not doing? Mecha. No, robots look exactly cyborgs. like robots. And cyborgs. Cyborgs. So what's a cyborg? Cyborg is, ha- is a robot, but with human components. So it's a, somebody who was once a man. Who Cybernetic a organism. Cyborg. Yeah. Oh, so, so Darth Vader is a cyborg. Yes. Yes, technically. And cyborg from uh, Teen Titans. Uh, Sagittarius. Is, is uh, Christopher Walker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cyborg. Found the way. <laughs> that is a shit Shatner walking impersonation. Well, good because I was with Jeff Goldblum. I was saying somehow with Jeff Goldblum in there. Yeah, he so, found the way. What you're thinking right now, if you're listening or watching, is Joe Lewis an idiot? Didn't know the difference, or is he setting it up for the show? You'll never know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> They're uh, both. Before we get into our list, I do want to talk about one that I couldn't put on my list because I've never seen it and I cannot find a copy of it, but I know the movie was made. What? Heartbeeps. <laughs> With Andy Kaufman. With Andy Kaufman and uh, uh, Bernadette, Peters. Bernadette Peters. I would love to see this movie to see how terrible it is. I have t- I'd like to have the director on the show. Yeah. And he's a big friend of... Well, let's not talk about how terrible it is, but it's renowned for being weird. No, I, I've i tried. He also directed Caddyshack, too. Oh, that guy. We need that guy. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Alan Arkish is who it is. 
Alan so, Arkish did Heartbeeps? I'm almost positive. Oh, I need to look that up. Yeah, I think so. But no, yeah, so uh, if you're not familiar with Heartbeeps, Andy Kaufman, it's one of his few movie roles, plays a robot. And it, it the, look, um, take the time to pull up Google, Google image Heartbeeps to see how creepy these robots looked. That's all I want to say about Heartbeats because I can't even it, talk about the movie because I've never seen we it. We could do a whole episode one, on the worst robots. I would do – go ahead. One thing I do want to say about Heartbeats is it actually – it was nominated for an Academy Award for the first ever inaugural Academy Award for Best Makeup because of a certain Stan Winston. Oh. And the, the makeup. The robot, they look interesting. It's just – I think the movie's supposed to be terrible, but I, I can't. I can't even say it's terrible. No, I've, 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 seen it. I've never even seen scenes. I know of it. I know the plot, but I don't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, and if you look it up on YouTube, I think you can find the trailer. But yeah. that's it. So that's. I just wanted to briefly mention Heartbeat. All right, who wants to go first, gentlemen? I think James should go first since he uh, since he steered us towards this. James, go. I want to do one that I, I knew about years ago, and I, as I was researching, I was like, I want to reconnect with this and find it. It's uh it's it's a romantic tragedy story where a robot falls in love and is told without uh the robot can't speak. If you're bringing up bicentennial man I'm driving to Mississippi no. to just punch you. It's Saturn 3. Farrah Fawcett wouldn't give him any love. <laughs> the robot can't speak, the robot can't communicate. The Farrah Fawcett except eventually Thank the you. robot learns that he can use uh the only thing he can interface with is music and stuff like that. He starts to try to communicate using music from 19. Uh, let me make sure I get my date right. I'm sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> I just sent an email about our pauses. Uh, just an this email week. about our pauses? Yes. I, did you not? Obviously, you didn't get the company memo uh, no. because you haven't fixed your fucking you TPS report. You didn't put it on the bonehead no. stationery. We don't have stationery. That, sh that should be something that needs to get. Well, I say, no, it's 2003. 2003, and it's robot he doesn't have a name because he's a robot and just is a servant uh from newfonia uh must fall which was uh an album by kid koala kid koala did this album and he thought how interesting it would be if you had a robot that fell in love but can't communicate hold on so wait 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 your first Your, pick is a, an a album song? it is an album it's an album that's also a book that also became a film and what's the film's name newfonia must fall Never. I have no idea what in the yeah. hell you're talking about. Oh, First time all, ever. Probably you all are not big Kid Koala fans, but Kid Koala is... What in the hell is a Kid Koala? Why don't they call him Baby Koala? I don't know. But is he okay? Did he make it out of the forest fire? But don't they have herpes? Or is it chlamydia? Koala well, bears? Hey, you can have both. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not put a koala in a box. But there's a reason why... <laughs> Koala bears have chlamydia. Let's not put koalas or Joe Lewis in a box. You can have herpes <laughs> and chlamydia. They're always going around turning off lights every time somebody goes. Clap on. Sorry, Clap off. It was originally actually the book. The CD actually came with a book that told the story about the robot. So it's from a a inner um, a, a mixed media, I guess you would say, because it's an album, it's a book, and then it became later became a movie. And I wanted to bring it up because it reminds me. It's kind of a you're up to speaking that mic a little bit better, buddy. And there's the pause because why James messes with his headset. While we wait on James, <laughs> let's talk it about is, actual robots. Absolutely. We have a fucking song by Kid Chlamydia. 
the fact that you don't listen to anything how was kiss by the way now the fact you don't listen to anything yeah, uh, it's a good show i i would never i'm done i never need to do that again i'm actually pissed about something else about that night but i got fruit i got there there was a guy who may own a comic-con who bought me a drink so that was nice uh, the, but the reason I wanted to bring up Robot is, A, we're supposed to be a, uh, a pop culture podcast and we don't talk about music much, but B, it's kind of the predecessor of Wally. Is it? And I, just, I, I just think it's a very interesting, a robot falls in love and can't communicate. And we think of Wally, but if you go back and look at Wally can communicate. Yeah. Nephonia must fall. Check it out. Or don't. See if I care. All right. I'm going next because that was just, I don't know what to say about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm kind of lost, James. I'll be honest with you, bud. <laughs> Mine. Well, try something outside of your day-to-day -day life, folks. <laughs> I did. I had a shrimp boil the other day. <laughs> Tasty. Oh, lucky did, did you pop it on the shrimp before you ate it? Salty pus. Yuck. <laughs> all right. My first one is the best robot of all time. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's the best robot of all time. Oh, it is more known than Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet. If you're listening to us, you can't see this. I've got my... <laughs> Ted, I've got my 50th anniversary collector's tin of Forbidden Planet, yes. the movie, in the DVD. And see, if you open it up, it came with a little Robbie the Robot. As you can see, mine is still in the plastic. plastic. And it's a DVD. Yeah, it's a DVD. It's no, before Blu-ray. Blu huh? It was before Blu-ray. Ah. 50 and this was 2004, fucker. Not upgrading, are you? Uh, <laughs> it's just, I mean, I don't pull this out. Am I talking about this or what? I don't know. You pulled out popping shrimp. Pimples. You are the one who was talking about pus. <laughs> I'll pull it out that often. And let's talk about how certain movies are just fine on DVD. Yeah. I is. want you to watch Evil Dead in Blu-ray. It doesn't bring <laughs> another damn thing to a movie that was shot in 16 millimeter. I, I own Evil Dead on Blu-ray. Doesn't help. It doesn't. Doesn't help. In fact, it it probably makes it slightly worse yeah. if you take yourself out of, oh, this is an amazing movie. Oh, that special effect there doesn't quite work. <laughs> anyway, Forbidden Planet, Robbie the Robot. Robbie the Robot is... James, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, ubiquitous is close to probably being ubiquitous in pop culture. Am I am I correctly using that? I mean, he is the the kind of, for lack of a better term, he is the quintessential robot that for I fifty mean, years, probably up until the last twenty years, you don't see him yeah. as much. But throughout the fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties. Just like a haunted house, the psycho haunted house was ubiquitous for the reason being it's because it was on the universal back lot and they could just shoot the shit out of it. It's the same house that's in. I know we shouldn't, this isn't really, it's not, I'm not trying to be an argument, but do you really think he's more well known? And they're basically the same fucking robot, but the robot from Lost in Space? He fought the robot from Lost, Lost in Space. Yeah. Yes, I think that one's slightly better. Uh, let me go through. Robbie is a mechanical servant. Uh, it was in. It was introduced in Forbidden Planet. I'm not going to go through that. Fantastic Island used the name for mechanical likeness to Doc Savage used to confuse foes. The name is also used in Isaac as an offshore story. Robbie. <coughs> so just some of the things he was on a ton of TV shows. By the way, a ton. Tom Swift Jr. Science fiction. Uh, uh, let's see. He was in The Invisible Boy. Gale Storm Show, The Thin Man, Columbo, The Addams Family, Lost in Space, Worry Battles, The Robot, Robot. 
While Robbie's appearance was generally consistent, there were exceptions. The Rod Serling incarnation of Twilight Zone. <clears throat> Man from the Uncle. five episode of Uncle Simon featured Robbie, although his appearance was considerably different, combining the familiar body with an alternative head. In other appearances, Robbie usually retained the moving parts inside his transparent dome, although details of the brain and chest panel were sometimes altered. The Man from Uncle, Mork and Mindy. Uh, see, he was Dr. Morkenstein, this time represented a title, title character called Chuck, voiced by Roddy McDowell. Yep. UFO, Project UFO, he was in Space Academy, Phantom Empire. Robbie's made appearances, he was in Gremlins, he was in an AT&T ad. He's been, yeah. I mean, it's probably the last 20 years where he hasn't been featured as much. That's what I'm saying, the last 20 years. They're probably starting somewhere in the 90s on. Yeah. Because he was all through the 80s, too. He was built by engineers. Uh, so, a little bit of backstory. A friend of the show, a guest, owned Robbie up yeah. until two years ago. Right. 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 And he sold Robbie at an auction for what is now considered the highest price for a film. I think a piece of film memorabilia, he set the record. Wow. Okay. I don't know if you all know that about no. Bill Malone. William Malone, check out these episodes. Fantastic. He talks a lot about Robbie on that episode. But he tells a better story about his dad birded down the strip club. That's not quite what it is, but I want you to go listen to it. Um, it's the government he, work. Yeah, he owned Robbie the robot, the different heads that went with it, uh, the Jeep, which I called it the sled, but they called it the Jeep that he, he rode on in Forbidden Planet. Robbie was engineered on MGM's lot. MGM, uh, told to us by Bill Malone, was across from Boeing, and they constantly stole the engineers because the movies paid more. Yeah. And a lot of things were over-engineered, and MGM could afford it. Robbie was one of those things that was over-engineered and was built well and was put together, and he lucked out and got it in the 70s and owned it for the last 30 or 40 years. At, at one point, by the way... Uh, 30 years, yeah. One of my favorite trivia about Robbie the Robot, and you talked about the engineering and how well it was engineered, and obviously it still holds up today. I mean, the, the prop still does. Right. Um, I read a statistic about this, and it just made me go, Maha! The amount of, of money, if you converted it and everything that they used to build Robbie the Robot, yeah. adjusted for inflation, would actually be enough to make an actual functioning robot now. Probably. I don't know what the Because do. artificial intelligence has gotten so much cheap. I mean, we're talking nothing extravagant, but yeah, could actually create, and that's how much they've invested in Robbie over the years. Yeah. He had different heads. Bill owned all of them, to my knowledge, right? He had them in different cases. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this? I mean, I wasn't here, but I watched the show. I listened to the show. Well, it's a good thing that you tune in. Yeah, we yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for You're your welcome. patronage. You're welcome. Anyway, they've been patronizing me real good. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that's a quote from Pat Van Carrot and Billy the Kid. Check it out. Anyway. Robbie the robot. I I I didn't. I thought James might pick him. I didn't think Jane, uh, Chad would, but I thought no. James might pick him. And I I'm a huge Forbidden Planet fan. It's my favorite Leslie Nielsen film. I'm joking. It's Naked oh. Gun. But yeah. second to that is Forbidden Planet. Check it out if you've never seen it. Robbie the robot. It's just the most famous robot. But I think you're right. I do think. I think in the last twenty some years that we've kind of got away from that. Yeah, and I mean it's just with Star Wars and everything else. I'm like has Robbie kind of been surpassed? Oh yeah. By 3PO and R2. Yeah. 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 You're probably right about that. And, and, but we're not talking about Robocop. Anyway, be a cyborg. we yeah, can't cyborg. do cyborgs. All right. And the Terminator, that's a, that's an Android, right? Nope. 
Technically, yeah, it'd be a robot. An android. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, once the skin comes off, or the liquid. Maybe we can do four episodes on this horse yeah. because I really want to do one about the terrible robots throughout film. Oh, we, yeah. I would love to do that. We got to come back and do that. Oh yeah, let's do terrible that. robots uh, coming up. Coming soon. All right, so mine. Uh, what else is coming so soon? Your I, mom. I thought my number one was going to be obscure, but James knocked it out of the park right off the bat. Jesus. James. I'm trying to. We're supposed to be. You and your podcast. love of that damned rap music. Uh, and those rap. little bitty koalas. Um, it, it's not rap. And it, we're supposed to be a pop culture podcast. I'm trying to live up to our title. Oh, that was good. Yeah, you just stunned no, me, Joe. It, it was just, amazing. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. It was so damn good. Uh, let I me see if like you all Matt. know. Um, the name of these robots just by the name of the robots. Because um, I didn't know they had a name until I did research on it. Okay. That. The Fix-Its. Yes, because I didn't know it till Friday till I was researching it that they had names. Uh, James, what about you? The Fix-Its? I've heard that and it's probably And I didn't know one of the, so who one of the writers was. Yeah, I didn't know. Okay, so we're on the same you boat. You're on the same boat. We are talking about Batteries Not Included. Which is not a movie I enjoy, but it's one of Christie's favorites. I, I enjoy it from beginning to end. It's, I, I, I watched it repeatedly as a kid, and then I watched it two years ago, and it's still... Does the baby does the baby coming back to life still make you cry? A little bit. A yeah. little bit? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. It's kind of funny. I don't give a crap about the, 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 the puppy being brought to life in 101 Dalmatians. You oh, son of a bitch. I don't care. <laughs> but that robot, so uh, there is a robot that is stillborn, and it kind of gets thrown, it, it falls down a pipe. And, and then it, this guy who can't be in a red car. Yeah. Takes it down. That's We're talking about Frank McRae and Je uh, Frank McRae. And <laughs> this James guy who's giving, uh, who's the who's the chief, giving Nick Nolte a hard way to go. <laughs> Let's go through all these other. Right, are we going to do Last Action Hero? <laughs> He's also the chief of that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, this came out in 1987. It was directed by Matthew Robbins, who I would actually love to get on this show. He wrote, he's, he's not more known for his directorial work yeah. as he is his writing work. He wrote Crimson Peak, Mimic, Corvette Summer, Bingo Long, and Warning Signs. <laughs> Warning Signs. I'll pull up the poster. He'll go, why? Yeah, and then we, uh, so Joe, what Joe was referring to earlier about the writers of this, we looked it up. I did not know Mick Garris wrote this. And then more importantly, I didn't know I, Brad Bird wrote this. I knew Mick Garris wrote it. I didn't know about Brad Bird. When oh, I see, was, I didn't know about it. It didn't make my list. I'd lift it off. But when I was looking through robot, robot movies, yeah, I knew Mick Garris was one of the writers. I didn't know about it. Yes, and it's actually Brad four Bird. writers, Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson. And if you don't know what um, Batteries Not Included is about, um. It's about um, these uh, these people living in a tenant in a, an apartment building. It's getting it's um, people are trying to tear it down because they're trying to make way for a bigger urban development, and they refuse to leave. Damn gentrification, <laughs> which comes up on this show way too much. Um, it's uh, at the bottom of it is a, a, a diner that no longer functions. It's it was ran by the great Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy. Did I say Hume's name right? Hume Cronin. Thank you. Uh, it also stars Frank McRae, as I mentioned earlier, Elizabeth Pena, and then uh, Joe's favorite beard, Dennis Boutsikaris. 
Dream oh, team. he does have a great beard, yes. man. And he does. <laughs> he does him and another guy that did a lot of television. I can never think of his name, but he has a great beard too. But anyway, so the uh, both put my beard to shame. Yeah, suddenly they are. This apartment building is uh, these these tiny little UFO shaped robots come from outer space and they make their home inside this apartment building, and they begin to help the tenants by fixing everything around them, including the diner down below, um, everything else around the, and everything else around the, the, this falling down apartment building just to make it go again. Um, it is a great touch heartwarming movie, especially with these it's robots. It's a little sentimental. It is sentimental. These robots don't talk. Um, and the, and the effects of these robots is fantastic. Now, I, are they robots or aliens? Well, they're alien robots. All right. They're, they're mechanical. They're mechanical, yes. But does that make them robots? Wouldn't ro- they're not built by men? They weren't built by man. How do you know? We don't know where they, we don't know their origin. You just said they were alien. They are alien. They were built by a. So you're saying that somebody else in another planet is not. It man? could be a different word. These are robots, plain and simple. They are mechanical. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now there's no need to fight. You're not. Don't you dare pause again to yeah, Google something. Yeah, because I am done no, talking no. about batteries not included. I hope you go and check this out, James. It is a good movie. Uh, Joe may not agree with it, but I no, I, I, I don't have. I enjoyed it as a child, but now it's a little too. It is. It is very sentimental. It's a little too much sacrifice. It, it does pull at your heartstrings. I uh, one thing while James looks this up, I didn't mention this was actually just going to be an episode of Amazing Stories. But, that makes sense, but spilt uh, because uh, and and uh, Matthew Robbins actually did write for Amazing Stories. All the three of them wrote for That's Amazing true. Stories. That is that, true. That makes complete sense now. Now yeah. that you've told me that, but Spielberg liked the story so much that he wanted to make it into a feature. I film. think it was a bomb, wasn't it? It was a bomb. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah, it, it came and went, which is why most people don't remember it nowadays. But it's funny, Hocus Pocus was a bomb. And we can't get away from that piece oh, of shit. Oh, God, I know, and I don't understand it. I was thinking of other Mick Garris films that he wrote stories on. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't I, don't, I don't know why he won't do the show when you say, say such nice things about his work. Well. Oh, fuck that long-haired hippie. <laughs> He's a busy man, but fuck him. Hey, you know what I like about Mick? He what? said no. No, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, I like Mick, Mick Garris. I, I, I said Mick Strawn. I like Mick Strawn too. I do too. Mick never told Mick Strawn never told anybody no. Nope. God bless him. James, what's your second pick? Come on, James. I want to talk about one that um though well, Mick I guess told me Joe, now about a sexual favor, but anyway, what were you saying? I guess Joe might argue this one then doesn't meet the robot, but I'm gonna say it's a robot anyway. Screw you, Joe Lewis. I can't argue because I probably won't know what the hell it is because it's probably from a rap song four years ago. No, I was gonna go with Gnut. The what? Gnut. 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 Nor. Nor. Are you talking about James? It's Gnut. Gnut. James, talk. It's an audio platform. I'm trying to, but y'all keep acting all shocking. Uh, Gnut. Is from a story that was written by Harry Bates. Harry Bates wrote a story called Farewell to the Master. You have all seen this story. I know you know the story. You just know it by a different name. See, Gannut came to Earth with his good buddy. That's what I thought it was. Klaatu. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Klaatu and Gannut was were the original version of the story. In the original story, the reason it's called Farewell to the Master the way the original story ends is Klaatu is killed. Yeah. And 
Gannut stands vigilance, uh, vigilant, uh, vigil basically over yeah. the fact that he's dead and all this stuff. And eventually, um, they sneak back on. They think, okay, Klaatu is, is I'm sorry, Gannut is, is the robot sent to all that stuff. At the end, somebody sneaks in and um, finally tells him that, listen, Klaatu's death was an accident. You please don't hold us responsible because they know Gannut can just destroy whatever he wants. He's going to bust Gannut. <laughs> Gannut actually, last, the last words of the story is, you misunderstood. I I am the master. Wow. Klaatu is a pet. Uh, the humanoid is a pet, and then uh, uh, Gnut leaves. This got remade, of course, into Gort. Gort, yes, and, for the day. Yep, the day the earth stood still. What a brilliant Keanu Reeves film. You ever I, saw I was going to make the same joke. <laughs> Keanu Reeves can do no wrong. No wrong. 47 Ronin Samurai something another. And Little Buddha. Let's 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 talk about the classic that's Little Buddha. Buddha. Never seen it. <laughs> Never seen it. Life short. But so yeah, so um Gort, Gannut, whatever you want to call him, is always described in the in the story, in the novel, he's described uh, actually the, the short story original. Um he's described described as uh being having metallic but flexible flesh like steel. Obviously, and he has glowing red eyes and all that stuff. Obviously, when they made it into a movie, they were like, oh, crap, we can't actually build this thing. So, obviously, they changed the way it looks in the film. But if we're talking about classic science fiction, you've got Forbidden Planet. You can't also, you can't not mention the day the Earth stood still. Agree. You know, uh, real quick, the original explanation that you just had of Gort, um, I believe that the Warner Brothers animation actually took that original concept and that's what they did for Amazo in the Justice League, the animated series. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, that exact description fits Amazo to a T. So, and also I figured that, that they couldn't make a robot out of uh, wearing green tights and uh, Vulcan ears. Are you done? Yeah, I just want to, I mean, if you, you should read the original story. Yeah. Uh, it was republished by Isaac Asimov um, in 1979, so it's been a while there too. But the original story was 1940, and then okay. the movie came out in uh, 1951. Yeah. And Joe's favorite, Keanu Reeves' version, came out in 2008. But you should read the original story though, because it is one of those great twists. That, of course, I've told you the end now. But everybody thinks the robot is there to serve the man, but actually the man was there to serve the robot. Yeah. There you go. All right. My next one is one of my favorite robots of all time. I have the toy. Mine is the only one named after a rider. Not this one. That's this one. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see he's coming for the screen. Grr. You have 60 seconds to comply. Present. Somebody call a paramedic. Wrong, wrong, wrong franchise. Wrong franchise. It makes noises anyway. One of my favorite is named after Edward Newmeyer, who wrote the movie. Okay. Enforcement Droid Ed Two O Nine. I just love it. Ed Two Nine is fully automated peacekeeping. It was designed by the great, wonderful, and amazing who my hero documentary is coming out about that I can't wait to see. Phil Tippett. Mm-hmm. Phil Tippett has never gotten the credit he has deserved over the last forty years. 
But Jurassic Phil Tippett Park. can have all the donuts he wants. <laughs> Phil Tippett can have all the donuts he wants. <laughs> Phil Tippett is the guy that gave you your dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. He gave you Ed 209. We could go down the list. If you, oh my God, I love Starship Troopers. That's Phil Tippett. Okay. Yep. Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett directed a lot of second act uh, unit stuff. Actually, the only thing he's ever really directed a whole movie it was the sequel to Starship Troopers. Oh, okay. He directed the second one. And Ed Neumeyer directed the third one. <clears throat> Their design is to look neat, and then they didn't worry about making it work. That's it. So if you're watching RoboCop, one of the things I was telling Chad about this before, I'll, I got this because I, off the shelf just because for some of the people who watch, just to give them something to look at. My, this is a really good Ed 209. There you go. Seconds to comply. That's all right. So anyway, in the movie, if you're watching, RoboCop takes one of Ed 209's arms and holds it to the other one, then he shoots. You actually can't do that any way, shape, or form with Ed 209. I was watching a doc or reading more about it. And the filmmakers never bothered to explain how he holds his arm over here because they literally had to take off the arm while RoboCop holds it. And no one ever questions it because in no way is it designed, if you watch the movie, can he do that? Well, that, you know, same time, that's like, that's the same kind of the, why is the ambulance not in the truck at the beginning of Die Hard? Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> I'd never notice it. Till the, I did not notice it until, until like, they pointed it out yeah. and they didn't want to go back and reshoot. Right. Yeah. I Because they were riding it as they went along. I love Ed 209. It's... As much as I felt I should go with Robbie first, simply because of how Robbie has influenced pop culture. Actually, I think Ed 209 has done quite a bit of it yeah. itself. It's on The Family Guy. It's been on The Simpsons. It's a, it's a ton of memes, right? Right. It's everywhere. It's the one of the coolest. Just look at it. And it's Wouldn't in you one, want of, one, of, one of these out in front of your house? Oh, God, yeah. I would, yeah. And uh, it has one of the cooler, bloodiest scenes in movie history. It really does. It, it And... I just can't say enough about Ed 209. There's not, <laughs> if you don't know what that is, then you've not seen RoboCop. We can't be friends. Yeah. <laughs> just can't happen. We, if you see RoboCop and you don't like it, we also can't be, be friends. friends. Yeah, because how can you not? How can you hate RoboCop? How can you even be iffy about RoboCop? I know. So I couldn't bring RoboCop on this because you're all chicken shit, shitty out rules, shitty shit didn't, house didn't rules. You say you those brought rules? up that rule. I don't. I thought it was you two. No, I think I just agreed. Let's go back and read that later. Yeah, okay. But it lets me do Ed two oh nine. Yeah. Who cares if it worked, Chad? You're next. All right. So mine is a uh, famous. Uh, it originated in literature. Um, I can't stop. I'm sorry. Oh, so, you're saying? Uh, he has been in books, TV, and film. I am talking about Marvin, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Marvin the Martian. <laughs> I know it's not Marvin. A paranoid. Yeah. He is. <laughs> I, That's I, the one thing in that movie. I shouldn't say. They got a lot right in right. the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. But to do that book correctly, I, you have to dissect it and reassemble it. it. It's just so much of it is in your head with the humor. I'm right. sitting next to an inter interesting shade of blue having a conversation. Right. How do you make that? I mean, you just, do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Visually, how do you explain that? Yeah, you can't. But it, but Marvin. Marvin, they nailed. Marvin, they nailed. Uh, in the movie, uh, it was uh, voiced by Alan Rickman. And Marvin was actually in the American 
movie, not the BBC. Well, I'm I'm getting I'm I'm giving right. both credit. The James. big the big movie. Uh, Warwick Davis was inside the robot, and yep. uh, the British version it was Stephen Moore and David Lerner. You just Marvin is a depressed robot <laughs> who sulks everywhere he goes. Knows everything. Knows everything. Um, but wouldn't couldn't be bothered to help. Couldn't be bothered to help. So for so some of the some of the some of the a couple of the greatest lines. I think you ought to know. I'm feeling very depressed. Well, we have something that might take your mind off it. It won't work. I have an exceptionally large, large mind. mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Marvin, I don't know what you're all worried about. Bogans are the worst marksmen in the galaxy. Bullet bings off his head. Now I've got a headache. <laughs> I, uh, you know, honestly, anytime he's on screen, and I'm talking about the movie, Alan Rickman's deadpan delivery of every single line. <laughs> yes. It, <laughs> what else does that movie get right? The the voice of the book is Stephen. Um, what's Stephen's last name? Fry. Steve Fry. That's nailed it. Yeah. Nailed that. <laughs> I, the movie, the movie's flawed. Let's face it; I, it is flawed. But I like Mar I like Moss De Most Def, which I think he goes by another name. He goes by his original name now. Oh, does he really? I, I think I don't think. Yeah, that was out of the box for me. But when I finally saw it, it wasn't terrible. I, most of the casting's fine. There's just something that never congeals for that. Yeah, film. and Sam Rockwell's great, Sam even though the character is not really the what way it was, was in the book and i always had a dream that bruce campbell would eventually play that <laughs> i think i'd read somewhere that douglas adams actually liked the idea of bruce campbell and i don't know if i got that right or not i don't know but bruce campbell would have been an interesting choice but i still say sam rockwell is a good choice it's just they yeah. didn't do it right oh man <laughs> but marvin is fantastic he pulls the movie together whenever whenever he's on screen you forget about all the other flaws especially if you're a big hitchhiker's god like the three of us are yeah. Um, Marvin just pulls you into it, and you, when you think of movie and TV and novel robots, Marvin's all three. Yes, Marvin is all three. So you've right. got to talk about Marvin. Marvin the robot. robot. I agree. James, your yeah, final you, one. You Was had Marvin to talk on your about, list, James. Uh, no, because you had to talk about Marvin. I had to talk about like I have thirty. But I cannot let this go off without talking one of the robots uh, about one of the robots that is important to pop culture. But he's also important because he becomes a way to get all these other robots cameos on TV again. And I, of course, refer to Bender Bending Rodriguez. Oh, my God. <laughs> James, he didn't even make my list. What was I thinking? He didn't make my list. Oh, my God. I, I forgot about, about Bender. I thought about it and decided to concentrate on movies. Oh my God! All of mine are from movies. Bender Bending Rodriguez is Bender from Futurama. James, yeah. I, I tip my hat to you, sir. I completely forgot. I, we would have got, got shit like about that one later if James hadn't done it. Uh, like I said, I, there's tons of other ones I want to bring up, so maybe we do need to revisit this in the future. But I couldn't not bring up Bender. Like when I when I saw Sci-Fi Robots, I was like, oh, it's. I mean, it's a uh, it's a science fiction show, but it's also comedy. But Bender is fascinating because he's all the things that we expect of a robot, up, up to and including the urge to kill all humans. But he's also just hilarious. And he's, you know, the... the well, he's, he's all the flaws of a human being. He's a chain smoker, a drunk, 
I mean, all these things that are bad, but I love the fact Futurama goes, no, no, he has to do those things because that's how he balances his chemicals and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it gives us these great lines like, Bender, you haven't been drinking again, have you? And it's just great. I'm sorry, one of the best lines. And I, I still watch it just for that this one line. There's one episode um, where, oh, God, anyway. But his line is, he's, he's walking around with uh, some uh, slutty female robots, and they're talking about him, talking about Grady. He's, shut up, baby, I know it. <laughs> I actually use He also me. uses the word floozy a lot, which he, I also like to uh, use. He also has that meme. And, and matter of fact, he has, there's only two people on his no-kill list consistently. That's um, Fry and, and uh, Hermes. Everybody else technically has been on his kill list at different times. But I also love the fact that he, he was originally created just to bend girders, and then he just does other stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's, that's the, that, he was a robot, and they do great things with him. He explores robosexuality when he hooks up with another, with the, when he starts hooking up with humans. There's just so much to mess with. Fear and, of a bot planet. Yeah, the... <laughs> And the, uh, what is it? He's made of iron and osmium. He hates magnets because they mess with his uh, inhibition unit. I, there's so much to mess around with that character. Plus, to be honest, it's that old school stupid robot design where you never actually see the mechanics. His middle is just an open thing that he stores stuff in. <laughs> it's just a great pastiche, send up, whatever you want to call it, of all the robots. Plus, it occasionally actually does these great examinations of science fiction themes. Uh, there's an entire episode where um, he gets lost in space and he knows he's going to live forever, or so he thinks, and these life forms start to live on him. Right. And think that he's got and it. That's it a actually, great episode. It actually has some morality to it. It actually has, but at the same time, it is fall down funny. And the fact that he meets the one human that he starts to identify with, Fry, in a suicide booth is that much better. <laughs> and he, he runs into the suicide booth in the first episode. I rewatched it recently. And he runs in with Fry going, no, 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 we can get a twofer. <laughs> they don't both have to pay for their suicides. There's just something about Bender that is just great. And I couldn't do a robot episode without bringing up Bender. I can't believe I didn't even put him on my list. That's I, a good one. I, I am ashamed. All right. This one, next one. Is it my turn? Yeah. This one is obscure. It's technically based on a Philip K. Dick novel or a short story from many, many moons ago. Philip K. Dick wrote wrote the movie. Uh, uh, we can remember that for your wholesale, which became Total Recall. He wrote Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which became Blade Runner. Oh, he wrote The Man in the High Castle, if you're a fan of that show, on Amazon. <clears throat> Philip, this is a movie from the 90s that I bet Chad has seen several times as a fan of. I'm a fan of, but I don't know that it quite captures the robots in it like it should, but I'm a fan of the movie because it has one hell of a performance. It's actually got one of Peter Weller's best performance. Everything Peter Weller's in It's on my list. Is it really? Yeah. Did I steal it? (laughs) No, no, no. Is that the one you're going to talk about? No, it was on my honorable mentions. Yeah. So, did you do any research about it? Okay, I've actually never read the short story, and I feel bad that I haven't, and I need to go back and do it. So I, I went back, and I was looking at the short story, and here's a little bit about it. What I'm talking to talk about is Screamers. Screamers. The movie's from the 90s called Screamers. 
and here's why I included it. One, I didn't think a lot of people were going to think about it, and I, I did two really big Honestly, ones. Honestly, it, it almost replaced uh, batteries not included because I'm just like, oh, that's going to be my obscure one. But, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, it's but, an obscure one. I did two very prominent ones. Here's the reason. I like the idea of evolution applied to mechanics. By the way, technically, isn't it an android? No, I don't. <laughs> they're dressed as Oh, humans. they do become androids, <laughs> but technically they're not all androids. No, I know, you're right. I just wanted to throw that little. But you're right. You're right. All right, let me give me some paper and a, and a, and something to burn this with. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I'm done, I want a gas can. <laughs> and I want you to light me a blaze. <laughs> I have failed you. I have forgotten the face of my father. <laughs> In the original form, they're robots. In the original right. form, let me talk a little bit about stuff. So the original story is called Second Variety. Yeah. And they're basically a college eco, eco I can't, what's this word? The ecophagy? Ecophagy. Ecophagy premises preserved. Several important differences between the film and the short story are there. And the film is actually less pessimistic. Yeah. Did you know that? Have no. you read the short story? But mm -hmm. the, well, the, here, the short story. Okay. The screamers, the war is fought in a distant planet. Okay. In the short story he wrote, because if you know anything about Dick, it was all of these revisionists. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what you know about Dick. Jeff. I know a lot about one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call it, no, Chad calls his dis constant disappointment. disappointment yeah, I problem. call mine, nothing grows in the shade. <laughs> anyway, back to what I was saying. Second variety. A lot of it is about revisionist history. A lot of Philip K. Dick writing is about revisionist history, right? What yeah, if yeah. Russia won? What if the Nazis won? What if all these things happen? So in his, it's in a, it, it takes place. What if I sit on my balls when I went to the toilet? <laughs> occurs on a planet, one of the many colonies, only planet where the Screamers were launched. The Screamers do not threaten humanity, only the troops stationed on Sirius 6B on this distant planet. Second variety occurs on Earth in the aftermath of a nuclear war in what used to be France and the very existence of the human race is in doubt. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because of these things and everybody's really off earth. They're most humans are increasingly rare because of uh, eradication and the screamers and they're on a moon base. Okay. Yep. Second variety of the plot revolves around the identification of a claw robot, the second of three varieties and Tasso, this person renamed in the movie is Jessica. Yeah. Okay. Convinces Hendricks that the second variety is a Soviet soldier named Klaus, but Tauso himself is also a robot, a fact that Hendricks does not discover until it's too late that his own death is imminent. In Screamers, the Jessica Screamer betrays her own kind and helps out Colonel Hendricks. Not to give anything away, mm -hmm. it has a kind of a more upbeat uh, ending than the story. In the short story, she wins him over and send, he sends her uh, to the moon aboard a rocket. Too late after the ship departs, Henry realizes that Tesla is a mysterious second variety of a claw, and not only will she be returning with help, she will not be returning with help. He's given her the claw's access to the moon base and has doomed himself and all of humanity. Actually, that was a short story. Mm. So, Actually, the short story also sets up something else, though. What? If you read the short story, he also realizes uh, before things go completely sideways that the robots are starting to develop weapons to fight each other. Oh, I don't know. I didn't get and that the, So the, the Have you read it? Years ago. Because there's a sequel to it, too. Okay. The sequel to the story. The sequel uh, is called John's World. Well, is it uh, by Dick? Yes. Yeah. Um, More Dick. But, I don't think we've even told the audience what Screamers is, by the way. What, the, Screamers the movie? Yeah. I thought I gave it. So Screamers, basically, they, they create... 
they're fighting over resources in a distant moon, the movie. And one of them creates these things called, uh, they call them screamers yeah, later, yeah. but they were called something else to begin with. Right, I actually right. forgot and, the name of it. And they and, evolve. Huh? And they start to evolve. I mean, and they start to evolve. <laughs> they're built to evolve. And then they've gotten more and more. So the one force wears a little thing on them that keeps the screamers from attacking them. Right. Correct? Right. Mm -hmm. And then the screamers have figured out how to get around that. Right. And the movie evolves from there. Yeah, so yeah. the machines evolve. I, right. I find that fascinating. Yeah, it's it's a great and it's a it's a it's a it's movie, a low budget film. Low budget film that kind of just went just kind of came under the radar. Nobody remembers. And it suffers from its budget. And it suffers from its budget, but it has Peter Weller. Jennifer Rubin's good in that. Jennifer too. Rubin's in it. Yeah, uh, the movie's good. Very entertaining. You got to see this movie. You should check it out. It has some really good scenes in it. And what actually, I I'm standing behind one of Peter Weller's best performances. Oh yeah. And that's saying something, because Peter Weller's a really damn good actor. He is. And he doesn't get credit for it. He doesn't get credit for it. He's the best part of Star Trek in the Darkness. Yep. Not a shadow of a doubt. Um, and, and by the way, historically, if you do want to read the story version, this is one that critics actually have held as one of Philip K. Dick's, Philip K. Dick's best stories. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it tends to be noti noticed as that. But yeah, yeah. It, I like the fact that it also ends with you know, the robots are going to repeat the flaws of their creator. They're learning to fight amongst each other now, too. So it's, it as Joe said, it is a bleak, bleak story because not only are we going to get wiped out, but then they're going to continue all the errors that we made fighting each other. Yeah. Okay. Chad, wrap it up. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to bring this one up because, and it's been brought up in a previous episode, but it's my favorite Pixar film. It's one of my favorite films of all time, period. Well, uh, I want to talk about Waste Allocation, Load Lifter, Earth Class. Wally, -E, the animated movie. When you talk about robots, you... you You've got to talk about gotta, Johnny Five. It made my list. We're going to have to do another episode, aren't we? We're going to have to do another episode. We're going to have to do another episode. I want to do two more. I want to do one more where we like them, and then I want to do one where we shit oh, yeah. on some. Yeah, we yeah. need to crap on some robots. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Wally's a it's a great movie, directed and written by Andrew Stat Stanton. There's a few other writers, but Andrew Stanton was the main writer of the story. Basically, the world has been uh Surely they've seen Wally. I imagine everybody's seen Wally, especially if you're listening to this show. But Wally's such a great robot, and it's an emotional story. He's great. The first 20 minutes. It's brilliant filmmaking because there's no freaking dialogue. dialogue until the very until close to the end there's no there's no dialogue until 45 minutes i don't think there's much other than he's watching the musical for 45 minutes yeah. there's no dialogue there's a friend of mine's wife and he's a really good supporter of the show and i really like his wife too but she was talking about how bad she hated the movie and i said why when it came out she goes nobody talks the first 45 minutes and i and it, what went through my mind is that's what's that's what astounds me about yeah. it that's the reason I loved it. That's it was pure such great storytelling that you just have a robot walking around this desolate earth and you're pulled into the environment. You're pulled into his 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 journey. And there's nothing, there's no dialogue. You're it's just pure action. Just the little things you hear in the store, the uh some things where it's talking by large. Right. Yeah, that's it. And then when they get to space, it's a whole it's a whole different movie. 
it is a whole different movie. And a friend of mine, I'm going to give him a, a little bit of a shout out here. Clay Sturgeon loves that part of it. He says he actually, it, it strikes so close to home. It's sometimes hard for him to watch. Right. That and up. <laughs> yeah. I rewatched up with Quint, which he did. He just got bored. Yeah. Which I understand, but that's 10 minutes of, brilliant storytelling too. yeah but wally if, if if you love robots you have to talk about wally and i know we left out some more well-known ones i no, guess we're gonna do honorable mentions because we're gonna do well do you want to do honorable mentions or do you want to save it all for another let's episode? save it let's save it because i there's one i want to talk about that y'all are going to think is really obscure but i think it's a great story that needs to be rediscovered so let's really quick one that i'm not going to do even though i clearly have star wars on my cap if you're watching this I understand 3PO and R2-D2 are iconoclasts. (laughs) I understand that they're everywhere. And I love them. And for that reason, why would I need to talk about them? Right. For this. Right. Agreed? That's that's one of the reasons I'm glad androids got removed from robots, because then it's the same thing with Star Trek. I was like, I I could just do Star Trek androids, because there's tons of them. I mean, there's one Star Trek robot though that I want to talk about, but no, I really I mean, wanted to talk about the Borg Queen, but I couldn't because technically, isn't she an android? Oh, well, she's, she's she'd a be a cyborg. Cyborg, yeah. No, Borg. Oh, I never <laughs> thought about it. I didn't give a lot of thought to this, but I sure do love Wally. Those shrimp boils have really affected your brain. <laughs> it had lobster tail in it too, <laughs> and sausage. So much sausage. Anyway, well. So, t- shut up, James. <laughs> Tune what? in what? next week. We may do Robots Part 2. Yeah. We could do The Crimson King. We don't know where this will go. <laughs> it changes week from week. We've got a but, couple of guests lined up, too. Also, that being said, we did this topic because y'all voted on it. Eventually, we'll post another survey on Twitter. It actually did get us our most engagements where people actually voted. So, we w- got us way more than we've ever gotten on Facebook. And one more shout out, even though tons of people follow us on Facebook. One more shout. If you please, if you have things that you'd like to see us do live from Comic-Con, let us know. And we're going to encourage you. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to do another free ticket giveaway. And if we're able to do that, I want you guys to share it, start subscribing, get us out there and earn those tickets. Because by the way, Saturday tickets are going to sell out. Sunday may sell out too. So if we can get you some free tickets, save you some cabbage, you should support us. Damn it. <laughs> we also just generally need, I mean, we need subscribers on all the platforms, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. We, we just need and leave them. comments, uh, rank us. We need those. We need those as well. I do. We do. I need attention. <laughs> all right, guys. Is that it? We're going to do robots part two in the next week or two. Yeah, we've got to. There's just too many left. There's too many. Okay. All right. Well, this is Bonehead Weekly. Thank you so much. Come back for more. (laughs) Why don't you hit the stop button on the recording? Oh. Yes. That's not stop. That's stop video. That is stop video. We won't be able to see James. No, he wouldn't be able to see us. Man, you really need to learn how to learn. Is this a cyborg? Grrrr. <sighs>